Our gospel lesson comes from the gospel to St. Matthew. Jesus is giving what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a portion of that sermon. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brother and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Well, in a few minutes, we're going to recite the Nicene Creed, which is on page 880 of your hymnal. And Katie will have that projected in just a few minutes. And at the bottom of the Creed, it has this phrase about church. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. One holy Catholic apostolic. This is in great part why I am a Christian and more specifically why I am a pastor. For I believe that God calls us to be one, to be united in ministry despite our differences or maybe even along with our differences. And I believe that God calls the church to be holy, calls us to live lives worthy of the gospel that we proclaim, that we sing about and we pray for. And Catholic simply means universal. For the good news of Jesus Christ is for everyone in every place. And apostolic means that we are part of a tradition, that we are standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, saints of the church who taught you Sunday school, and we also, as apostles, are being sent out into the world to share the good news in the way that we live our lives. I believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Or if you go back to the original language, the proper translation may not be, I believe, but I beloved. I beloved the church because it is God's gift to us. For today, I would like to focus on just one of these, and that is the commandment to be holy. Leviticus chapter 19, God tells us, people of Israel, I want you to be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And Jesus, when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, he said, and this is the King James Version that I uh, grew up learning, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. And these commands to holiness are echoed in what Paul wrote in his, in his letter to the Romans church. In Romans chapter 12 it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Which is just another way of saying what Leviticus says as well. Be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. Being a follower of Jesus along the way means loving God with all of our heart and our soul and our strength and our mind, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, as Leviticus 19 tells us. And as we grow in love for God, and as we grow in love for our neighbor, then we as a people and as individuals are being transformed into something new. And that is what Christianity is all about. The transformation to holiness, to godliness. Sometimes we confuse Christianity with 
other things. We think that being a Christian means being a good, law-abiding citizen. It does not. We think that being Christians means not cheat on your taxes. It does not. We think that being Christian means behaving in church. It does not. We think that being Christian means that you need to run your thank you notes in a timely manner. It does not. And if we think that if we have to believe and behave in, this, in the right ways, that, we, that God will bless us and give us the life that we want. We want the right kids. We want the right college. We want the right job, the right spouse, the right house, the right vacation, the right retirement, the right death. But bargaining with God is not what Christianity is about. And furthermore, if you take this approach to your faith, then the command that Jesus gives us to be perfect is absolutely terrifying. It's terrifying because the command to be perfect, if you interpret it this way, means that it's all up to you. That you have to behave in the right way, otherwise you will lose God's love, and that is not what Christianity is about. It's never been about being worthy of God's love. Being good enough to learn, to try so hard over and over again in your life to be perfect is what I struggled with growing up. The command to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. I thought that that meant that I had to do it all by myself. And if I fell off the track, then something was terribly wrong with me. God did not love me anymore. That's a pathway to despair. And if something that you're doing leads you to despair, leads you to give up and to drop out, then that's a clue that you're taking the wrong approach. You see, God's not giving us a command to be holy and to be perfect, and then just leaving it all up to us to act a certain way. Instead, what it means to be holy means to be mature, to be complete, to have a grown-up faith that basically says something like this. God, you are a holy God. And I realize that I am not God. I need your help. I want you to work in my life and work through my life so that I might mirror your love and your justice in the daily life of my life. John Calvin as being a Presbyterian preaching in a Methodist church. I have to do it. But he said something very good about this. He said the, the mature, holy Christian is one who takes the mirror and holds it out and reflects God's love and God's goodness in the world through that mirror. A beautiful image about the Christian faith of reflecting God's love in the way that we live each and every day of our lives. To be holy is recognizing that God is already up to something in the world. And then taking it one more step and saying, I want to live my life in such a way that I want to participate in God's activity. And God's activity is fairly radical. Listen again. Leviticus, when you reap the harvest of your land, don't cut every stick down. At 
don't gather all the fallen grapes from your vineyard. Instead, leave something behind for the poor and the alien and the stranger. So what that means is being holy has a social component to it. This means that godliness changes your politics, your governments, its budgets, and its policies because the Lord, our God, is the Lord of all of life, including the state budget. Listen again to the radicality of Jesus' proclamation. When someone hits you, Instead of hitting them back, offer them your other cheek. If someone sues you and takes your coat, give them their cloak as well. Give to everyone who begs from you, whether they deserve it or not. Jesus raises the standard of what it means to be faithful to God. Jesus is saying it's not about being Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. It's about the quality of your relationships, even with those who plan to do you wrong. I like the way that Paul summarizes these teachings in Romans chapter 12, saying, Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Do not haughty, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Holiness is not about trying, trying holiness is not about trying to be a good boy who behaves in church. It's about the quality of your relationships. It has to do with how you treat your neighbor. That neighbor who has the barking dog that will not be quiet tonight. <laughs> It has to do with that co-worker who annoys you to no end. Because until we learn to love our neighbor who has that parking dog and look with compassion upon the annoying co-worker, and until we agree to share our portion of our income with those who don't have the same privileges that we do have, then we are not complete as people, and then we're not complete as a people, as a church. It's as if God gives us relationships that are difficult to help us to become more loving, more godly, more complete. As we grow in love for God, and as we grow in love for our neighbor as ourselves, what happens is our priorities begin to shift. The things that used to really bother us and used to really consume our energy no longer rule our lives. And since I am a Presbyterian in a Methodist church, I will also quote John Wesley, who said it this way, Sin remains in us, but sin does not reign in us. Sin remains, but it does not reign. That's the path to holiness that God leads us on as we agree to follow Jesus in our everyday lives. So it doesn't matter if you normally worship here in this sanctuary or if you normally find yourself across the street 
each and every one of us are on a journey with God. And this journey is a pathway to holiness. We might even say a pathway to sainthood, to becoming a saint. And this happens in as much as we agree to get in on what God is already doing in the world. God is already up to good stuff. Do you want to participate in that or not? Be holy as the Lord your God is holy. Be worthy of the gospel that you proclaim. Be transformed so that you will know what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's time for us Methodists, Presbyterians, people of all faith and all churches, it's time for us to raise the standard of what it means to be a disciple.